to Tycoons of Small Biz, a podcast where small business owners are celebrated as the backbone of the American economy. Each week, we introduce you to tycoons who share their stories and advice so that small business owners may learn from their experiences. Tycoons is powered by Backbone Planning Partners. Join us now as our hosts connect you to today's tycoons. Good afternoon, tycoons, and happy Independence Day. Happy Fourth of July. Happy, uh, you know, to li- live in the best country in the world. Uh, welcome to Tycoons of Small Biz. We're we're, great, we're grateful that you're here today. Boy, that was a mouthful for me today. Um, we are excited. This is our quarterly call, our quarterly meeting, our quarterly Zoom, our quarterly podcast recording, whatever you want to call it, uh, where Landon and I actually just talk a little bit about some of the things that we see with uh, either our own business owners in our own business or things that we're doing uh, you know, personally that we hope will benefit the community as well. So I'm excited, obviously, to have Landon Mance here with me. Landon used to co-host all of these episodes with me back in the day, and then uh, we kind of parted ways in terms of him taking on some different different responsibilities and me hosting. So Landon, welcome to the show. Thanks, brother. Happy 4th to you and to everybody else as well. And I will echo that uh, we certainly live in the best country on God's beautiful earth. Amen to that. So excited, uh, obviously, to have you on here. It's it's always great for uh, for us to kind of have these conversations and talk through some things and you know, we were, we were deciding on what we wanted to talk about. We kind of talked uh, through a few things that we've got going on. And so, you know, I, I recently got back from speaking at a conference, a two-day conference in Orlando, Florida, for business owners that uh, that own businesses in the health and wellness space. And some of them just have single location, you know, <clears throat> think of a, a spa that does cold plunge or cryotherapy or infrared sauna or, you know, those types of things. Uh, some of them just have single locations, and then there were some owners there that have up to 50 or 60 locations. And so it, it's interesting, or it was interesting for me to meet some of those people and, and realize what it is that they're doing, you know, in, in their their industry, so to speak. It wasn't an industry that I'm super familiar with, other than it's something that I'm a fan of. You and I have talked about this. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm training for a, a half Ironman, and uh, I am not a spring chicken, as you like to remind me quite often. And uh, and so I do not uh, recover as quickly as I did back in the day. And so cryotherapy, infrared sauna, cold plunge, compression, all those sorts of things help help my muscles uh, to uh, you know to recover and to be ready to go you know the the next week. So. Uh, it was interesting for me, and just kind of just to kind of give a little bit of background. <clears throat> I, uh, I talked about creating a transferable business in the six step exit process. And, you know, you're, you're familiar with that. Obviously we've talked about it. We take our business owners through that process as they, as they prepare to exit their business. But um, what, what was very apparent to me based on some comments that I got from some people there was that, um, you know, most people, we know this, just kind of get into business because they either don't want to work for somebody else or they're good at something or, you know, whatever. And they just kind of find themselves in this business that they may be passionate about. <clears throat> and most of the people I met were very passionate about health and wellness and, and the businesses that they were involved in. But they weren't what you would consider business owners, right? Or, or business, sorry, I shouldn't say business owners. They weren't what you would consider business people, 
they didn't have a background necessarily in business. And so they were just kind of feeling their way along and, and learning things as they go. And so, um, you know, I, I had people come up to me after these sessions that said, gosh, I, I can't believe what you taught in such a short period of time. I had one guy say that was amazing. I can't believe, you know, I wish I would have known that 20 years ago. I'm, I'm glad I learned it today and have the ability to kind of work through this over the next few, you know, few years. So, you know, as I kind of unpack all of that, like, what does that make you think of in, in terms of, of what we do with our business owners and that process that we, that we take them through? Yeah. So a <clears throat> couple comments real quick before I uh, address that. Uh, first of all, I think you allude to yourself not being a spring chicken more than I actually do because <laughs> You know, I was I was quieted when I was out in Phoenix uh, last year, and we did the um, we went to the uh, member Amer the American Ninja Gym. Yeah, the Ninja Warrior Gym. Yeah, yeah, Ninja Warrior Gym, and we did all these different, you know, swinging obstacles and jumping obstacles, and you know, uh, not not that I'm in great shape by any stretch because I am I am not, but I mean you know, there's a couple of things that I did that you couldn't do. And there was a couple of things that you did that I couldn't do. So, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, I, I was, I was quieted on that front when we did that. So I don't, I don't know if I've even made a comment since then, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting over the years of us being partners. I mean, how many times have we heard people say, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not a business person. I'm not business minded. I don't, I don't think like that. And these are people that have built businesses doing three, four, five, $10 million a year in revenue. And uh, just to get to a million dollars of revenue, I don't know what the statistic is, but I know it's somewhere between only 10 and 20%, I believe, get to a million and somewhere around there. Uh, so a, a pretty small amount of business businesses actually get to a million dollars of revenue. And when you get to $10 million of revenue, I think it's 1%, right? Or two or three. It's, I mean, it's, it's minuscule, a, a, a small, small handful of businesses out of a hundred will actually get to 10 million of revenue. And there's one client that I'm thinking of that you will absolutely know who I'm talking about. Uh, but, you know, uh, her business will do close to $10 million a year in revenue uh, this year. And how many times have we heard her say, oh, I'm just not, you know, I'm just not a business person. You know, <laughs> it's like, no, you you absolutely are. Uh, but people get into that mindset, you know, and it gets it gets driven deep down into their beliefs that they're not this quote unquote, like sophisticated, you know, business person. And it, it's, I don't know, it's really interesting. And we, we help to kind of, you know, uh, kind of coach them, up, if you will, out of that mindset of, no, you are absolutely, you, you are an incredible business person. I mean, you're in like the 1% club business person, you know? So anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's interesting, but, um, yeah, I mean, we talk to our clients about this stuff, you know, all the time, uh, you know, around creating this, this transferable business. And there's certainly 
a process that you know that that you go through. Uh, and I, I think when we present the process in its entirety, it's pretty overwhelming because mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that you have to uh, consider you know, when you're, when you're attempting to create a transferable business. And sometimes that is uh, driven by the fact that somebody wants to sell their business, you know, like in the near term, call it, you know, the next, you know, maybe one to three years. And sometimes that is driven by somebody just coming to the understanding that if they want to sell or transfer their business successfully one day in the future, that they have to start taking on that long-term mindset. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do. Uh, just to list off a few, you know, you can, uh, you know, you can start to uh, build out your executive team and, you know, effectively, start delegating stuff over to them because a lot of business owners that we serve, you know, and we're serving business owners in the, you know, three to $20 million a year revenue market for the most part. And um, they may have a management team built out, but they also may not. And, you know, I, I'd say that's probably one of the, if not the most important things, especially if you want to, you know, uh, you want to have some kind of a transaction in the future. So whether it's selling to an outside party or transferring it to your kid or your management team, whatever, like that strong management team has to be there and they've got to be, you know, aligned and in sync, working towards common goals, you know, speaking the same language. Um, all that stuff is super important. And then there's tons of other little things that you can consider, you know, uh, pricing strategy, uh, you know, managing, you know, cash flow, forward-looking, you know, for your uh, uh, forward-looking, you know, cash flow projections and stuff like that. Stuff that may be foreign to some people as business owners, but um, you know, uh, bringing in the right advisors, whether it's someone like you know us or it's a you know, a consultant or it's a, you know, fractional CFO or it's a, just a really good CPA or it's a, you know, some kind of a growth, you know, expert or something like that. Uh, bringing in those folks along the way can be, uh, can be really helpful, but uh, I don't know, that's just kind of a few things that jump out at me immediately, but I'd love to pass it back to you and say, you know, when you were giving that presentation and, and, you know, people were uh, coming up to you, you know, like, what do you think was resonating the most, maybe one or two kind of topics that resonated the most with these people that were kind of getting their, getting their wheels turning? Yeah, so good question. And, and I, I've got an answer. It was, it was basically the same theme, you know, all along. But before I kind of go there, let me just kind of lay out the six steps for the listeners who haven't haven't heard them. And obviously, there are sub points to all of these. There's a lot to go into here, so I'll just kind of lay out the six steps, and then we'll and then I'll answer your question. But 
you know, first is establishing your exit goals. And, and that just doesn't mean, well, I want to sell my business for 30 million bucks. That's, that's not establishing your exit goals. That's part of it, right? But you've got to establish like how you want to get there in what time frame, those sorts of things. Number two is analyzing financial and mental readiness. So just because you want to sell your business for 30 million, if you don't know if that's enough, or if you're not building yourself towards your own financial independence along the way, it may still not be enough for you to kind of live comfortably for the rest of your years or to buy the next business or whatever it is that you want to be financially ready for. But I would argue that the most important aspect of that is the mental readiness. And so that actually was what, what came up the most, what resonated most with the people that were there is the importance of prepare, preparing themselves mentally to exit their business. Because the reality is, this is their baby in most instances. Most business owners, when they sell their business, it's not after just a couple of years. It's typically after 30 or 40 or maybe even 50 years that they're exiting their business. And it's, it's what they've given all of their blood, sweat, and tears to outside of their family and maybe their religious background or whatever. Um, this is where all of their efforts have gone. And so being mentally ready to walk away from that and have something to quote unquote replace that is what uh, is what came up the most as, as far as man you know I just didn't think about that I'm glad you brought that up because the reality is you know unfortunately today there's still more male business owners than female business owners and so the the thought process is well I'll just I'll just play golf six days a week you know leave the seventh day for my for my religious whatever and then the other six days I'll play golf, but they don't think or realize that, that that's just not going to be as fulfilling as they hoped or thought. Right now, that's an escape. When that becomes your every day, that, that just doesn't replace what it is that, that you've done every year or every day for the last however long. So um, just, you know, the, that kind of answered your question, but let me just hit the other steps here real quick. So, hey, Austin, hey, yeah. before you move on from that, yeah, let's let's I, I want to pull that thread just for another minute or two. Sure. Um, when 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 we say preparing yourself mentally, you know, to 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 exit or sell or transition your business, whatever the case may be, I, I would imagine most people don't have a clue what that means. Like, how do we actually help somebody mentally prepare to not be at the helm of their business any longer. So give us one or, or two examples of like, how, how do you actually get mentally prepared to exit your business? Yeah, so I think that the biggest thing that I would say is finding something well before you exit that you're equally as passionate about, right? So that could be whatever. I mean, it really depends. Everybody's different. It could be that you're equally passionate about yoga. It could be that you're equally passionate about volunteering in your community to help those who are, you know, underhoused or underfed or, you know, they're refugees or whatever the case may be. Uh, if there's something that you're equally as passionate about and you can find purpose in doing that, then you kind of work your way towards that as you get ready to exit, right? So maybe you're working towards you know, a half a day a week and then one day a week and then two and three and so forth and so on. So that when you exit your business, 
you've got something else that you're stepping into. I think that would be probably the, the biggest aspect of that. I mean, there are other things, right? Physical wellness, spiritual wellness, emotional wellness. If you're working on yourself as a whole person, it's going to be easier to make that transition regardless. 100%. People think that, uh, like you said, they, they, they think that, well, I guess they, they don't really think, actually, most people don't really think about that at all before they, before they get out of their business. Um, but then there's those, those group of people that, uh, that do put some thought into it. You know, um, they don't necessarily put any action behind that thought prior to the exit, but they do think about it and they think, oh yeah, I'm just gonna, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll sell my business and, you know, I'm gonna, I, I, you know, I put thought into it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna volunteer and then I'm, I'm gonna play golf and I'm gonna spend more time with, you know, my wife and my, my grand, my kids, my grandkids, whatever. But they don't actually put that into practice before it happens. So that day comes when they sign that paperwork and they don't have the corner office, their phone isn't ringing, they're not signing the checks any longer. That day comes and it hits them like a Mack truck right in the face. And all of a sudden, their days, one, two, three, four weeks afterwards, and they're like, what on earth is going on? You know, because they're trying to adjust to this new normal, but they haven't, they never did, they never took any action leading up to it. Like you said, they didn't taper back their work schedule. They didn't go start volunteering, even if it's one hour a week. You know, they didn't, they didn't take any actionable steps prior to it. They mentally, they kind of thought about it a little bit, but they didn't put it into practice. So I think that's a, a key thing for, for people to consider is, yes, you have to think about it, but you also have to start taking action uh, prior to that actual day happening so that you can start to actually go through those motions and see how that feels as opposed to just saying that you're going to do it and then trying to execute on that from day one when you've been doing something one way for 10, 20, 30 plus years, you think that you're just going to change your behavior in one day. And that just, that's not realistic. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So yeah, I, I think it, it's crucial. It's missed a lot. We've, we've talked about this on the show before, but I think it's worth mentioning again, you know, there's a PricewaterhouseCooper study that's done to where most business owners within 18 months of selling their business, regardless of whether it's a massive exit or a small exit, they profoundly regret having sold that business. And it's, it's for that reason. It's that they don't have something else that is fulfilling to them. And, they, and they've got to identify that and prepare themselves and, and slowly move into that realm before they walk away. And quite honestly, I mean, we've talked about this, and this is you know another portion of this, this six-step exit planning process, is that by doing that, by stepping away, by finding ways to do other things anyway, it actually makes your business, you can prove that your business is not dependent on you being there. And the less dependent your business is on you as the owner, the founder, the CEO, whatever, being there, the more valuable your business is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're really killing two birds with one stone there. You're, you're accomplishing two important goals with your business. You're preparing yourself 
to mentally leave your business, but you're also increasing the financial value of your business. Yep. And on the flip side of that, just as valuable is if you do start to methodically and strategically step away from your business regularly and things uh, aren't running uh, nearly as smoothly as you would hope, and there's fires that are happening and there's customer complaints that start to surface, you know, whatever the case may be, that is a telltale sign that your business is probably not transferable. And that is also a valuable exercise because now you can start to, you know, look at it through that lens and start to focus on some things to ultimately change that for the better. Yeah. Yeah. What can I do? Right. What went wrong? Why were there problems when I stepped away? What can I fix? Who can I bring in? Who can I train differently? There's there's real value in in starting to do those sorts of things and doing them well before you're ready or forced to exit. Right. Because that's the thing. Right. Everybody's going to exit their business at one point. And the joke is you're either going to do it horizontally are you going to do it vertically? So do you want to walk out of your business or do you want to do you want to pass away at your desk? There are plenty of business owners in our country that pass away at their desk because they didn't prepare themselves for that exit. Yep. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we have we seen that in our own practice, heard about it from clients where, you know, the the owner operator, you know, is in their, you know, whatever. 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and they unexpectedly pass away. And all of a sudden their spouse is forced into basically running the business so that they can try to harvest some kind of, you know, value, you know, from it. Um, and it's just, it's never, it's never a good situation when, you know, like you said, when you are, forced, you know, to, to exit out of your business because some life event happens and, uh, there is essentially no transition plan. There's no exit plan. There's no succession plan, whatever you want to call it. And all of a sudden, you know, a business that could maybe was worth hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars is closed or liquidated or fire sold. And, you know, the, the value that could have been there is just, essentially evaporates. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've got the perfect example. I, I've, I've had a conversation in the last few months with a business owner, <clears throat> has a business that's worth probably 25 to 30 million bucks based on conversations that we've had, some financials that I've seen, conversations with his CPA. This, this owner is 94 years old and he goes to the office every day still right? And he runs the business day to day. There's not a management team in place. And the CPA, by the way, wants to also walk away and retire. This is essentially his only remaining client. He's really acting more as a fractional CFO for this company right now. Um, and he wants to walk away because he's in his mid-70s. But he doesn't dare walk away because he knows that if he does that, then the financials of the business aren't going to be watched over and, and you know taken care of. The kids aren't really in the business. They're just looking at it thinking, well, when dad passes away, there'll likely be a fire sale of the business. We'll still get plenty of money. Oh, well. <clears throat> right. And, and it's just 
it's sad because this is a business that's very well known in the area that, that it's in. It serves the community. It's a pillar of the community, a really important part of the community. It's not like if they went out of business, the community would fail in any way, shape or form. That's not my, that's not my point, but it's one of those that if, if it were prepared appropriately, it could be taken to market. There would be plenty of people who would be interested in buying it and there would be a nice exit in place here. And then that gentleman could choose to continue to work if he wants to. I mean, his, my conversation with him is he enjoys working. It keeps him young. It keeps him healthy in his, in his words. Right. But 94 and you want to be going to work every day and you don't have a plan even at 94 to exit your business at some point. It just, it seems like a, like a waste to me, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And All right, look, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, it's, it's pretty wild how often we see that not, not, not a 94 year old, you know, still in the driver's seat working every day, but just scenarios where, um, you know, uh, people put, get, get themselves into that situation because they just get, they're just busy running their business for all of a sudden years, decades. And, uh, they just, haven't put any thought into what's actually going to happen next and then acted upon it. So, um, yeah, it's crazy how often it happens. Yeah. It's unfortunate. All right. So let's hit these last four real quick and then we can kind of unpack them a little bit, but I, I also really want to kind of talk about what you've recently gone through as well. And, and, uh, the transaction that you were involved in. So <clears throat> I'll just hit these last, you know, few real quick. So third is identify your owner type. That's kind of ambiguous. You may not know what that means, but I just break it down real quick, you know, in, in kind of four ways that would exp explain what kind of owner you are. So the first is get me out now for the most money. Like you're just tired of running your business and you want out now. You just can't handle it anymore. Second would be I'm financially set, but I like to work and I choose to stay. So you're financially independent. Everything's good financially, but you like your work. You like your job. You like the business. You want to continue to work. Third would be my company isn't worth what I want. So I'm staying, growing it and saving, right? And then the fourth is I'm financially and mentally ready to move on. So obviously number four is where we should be working towards. Everybody wants to be in that spot, but you may very well be in one of those other, those other three and, and that's okay. You can kind of either work around that or figure out a way to kind of, to get to the, to the right spot in your, in uh in your career path or your exit path, so to speak. So uh, fourth is learning your exit options. So, I mean, just kind of give you a quick example. It could be selling to a management team. It could be doing an employee stock ownership plan, selling to a third party, selling to somebody in your supply chain, for example. There's a lot of different ways to exit your business and you can kind of learn what those are. And then fifth is knowing the value of your exit. So having a realistic view of what the value of your exit is and sixth is executing your plan and protecting your wealth. So you got to know the value to know if that's going to get you all the way home, so to speak, from a financial standpoint. And then if that's the case, then six is executing your plan and then protecting your wealth from there and making sure that it that it does, in fact, get you all the way home. So those are the six steps. Wanted to get those out there. Any thoughts on those before we move on? Um, I mean, 
there are several different exit options, you know, uh, that are on, I'm not even going to say on the table. I'm just gonna say, yeah, there, there's several different exit options, but for one individual, there's probably one or two, maybe that are realistic and, uh, an actual exit path, if you will, that they actually, you know, that they're, you know, they would uh, be inclined or um, planning to, to kind of go down. You know, I, I think that holds true with probably every conversation that we've ever had. It's either, you know, there's one or two maybe uh, that would be realistic for a particular client for their situation and their actual and their business. Um, you know, I'll use one other, one other example, which is like going public, right? That that's applicable to like I don't even know what the percentage. It's it's significantly less than one percent of companies that actually go public. So that's not a realistic option for you know ninety nine plus percent you know of of people. But um, um, I think that is something that's super duper important to hone in on because, as you said, the next step is understanding what the value is, and. You know, Austin, if you own, you know, ABC construction company, and let's say you've done a really good job of saving and investing over the years, and you're you're 60 years old and you're you're ready, you're ready to go, you know, you're ready to move on to the next chapter of your life. And we identify that the best path forward for you based on your goals and your objectives personally and and, and monetarily are to transition that, that business to your 32 year old daughter. Right. And when you're going down that pathway, it's going to look way different than going down the pathway of selling to your competitor who's DEF construction down the street. Right. Because when you want to transfer that business to your daughter, you're, we're going to try to compress that value as much as we can so that we pay as little taxes as possible. And so that we, that, that transition is digestible to your daughter, right? Cause you're not trying to squeeze every dollar out of your daughter per se, whereas you may try to squeeze every dollar out of the transaction if you're going to sell to DEF, right? So the different pathways have significantly different monetary values attached to them. So it's, it's again, just, just understanding them and planning for them far out in the future, because what, what exit path you end up uh, going down because they've got those different values attached to them you've got to be thinking about that stuff years and years and years ahead of them because they just have significantly different impacts on, uh, you know, what you're going to ultimately end up getting. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a great point. I was actually going to say, you know, one of the exit options or main exit options is, you know, going public. Almost nobody does that. We may, we as advisors in this area may have one of those in our entire career, right? With our clients that, that end up going public. So that, that's how rare it is. But the, the lion's share, the large majority of transactions that happen in our country are a family transition, right? And so 
that means that there's got to be a different level of planning, like you alluded to. You're going to compress the value. You're not going to try to squeeze every dollar out of your out of your kids. But at the same time, the kids don't have any money. They don't have the, the ability to buy it from you. So it's typically going to be a seller finance type of deal. And so that means you've got to build the business such that it can, can that it can handle that seller finance transaction and still give room for one or two or three of your kids to come in and run the business as well and be compensated for that and then still provide for you. So there's, there's still a lot of planning inside of the business as well as your own personal financial planning that has to be done along the way. Yeah, there's so much that goes into it because now you run into that, that issue of you know fair versus equitable. If you've got three kids and you're going to transition your, let's just say it's a $10 million business, you're going to transition it to your daughter and your other two kids don't work in the business. Well, how do you reconcile that? You've now just given, you know, now not, I'm not going to say given, you've sold probably at a significant discount your business to your one child. So now they've got this $10 million asset. And what about your other two kids? Are you, are you okay with, you know, uh, I'm not going to say disinheriting them because that's not the right word, but are you okay with, uh, you know, the fairness of what that may uh, look like to your other two kids? Because that can create some serious, you know, contention between you and your other kids when you do something like that. Cause it's like, wow, you know, Sarah just got a $10 million business and yeah, I know dad's going to, dad and mom are going to leave us something, but dang, it's definitely not going to be 10 million. That doesn't really seem very fair, you know? So there, yeah, there's just a lot that goes into that kind of stuff when you've got all these different parties involved with different goals and objectives and different ages and different points in their careers. And so anyway, just a lot of different uh, factors that go into these decisions. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the planning that goes into that, you know, and, and I'll just kind of flip that on its head. I mean, l- let's put it the other way. And let's say that the dad says, well, everybody gets a third, right? And so we're going to make it, you know, we're going to make it equal to everybody. <clears throat> well, the daughter that you mentioned, who's working day in and day out in that business, running it for 20 years, building it, growing it, whatever, but then one, two thirds of the business is going to go to her siblings who never set foot in that business, never did anything. So it, it can create family disharmony if, if it's not planned for appropriately. And there are planning tools that can be utilized to equalize or make things fair. And then as well as communication with the family where we have these family meetings to talk through like the thought process and and why things are being done the way that they are so that there's an understanding ahead of time, as opposed to, oh, mom and dad are gone and you got a $10 million business and we each got a million bucks. Like, where's the fairness there? Why did dad do that? Why did mom decide to do that? There's just, you know, it's got to be planned for and, and dealt with ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man, I feel like we could just pull on that on that thread for, you know, hours, you know, I, I'll just leave one c- concluding thought on that particular topic, which is, you know, also if, if, if mom and dad haven't done a good job of planning for their own retirement, you know, financial independence, whatever you want to call it, 
now all of a sudden you're transferring the business to Sarah and you're putting this massive pressure on her to say, Hey, we're going to, you know, it's a $10 million business. We're going to work with our CPA and maybe we can compress the value to transfer down to 6 million. So we're going to transfer you this $6 million business. And the way that we're going to, we're going to get, we're going to realize that 6 million, Sarah, is you're going to pay us uh, $500,000 for the next 12 years, right? So now you put this massive pressure on your kid to essentially ensure your financial independence going into retirement, you know? So there's just, yeah, there's just, there's a lot that goes into that. And that is not something that you can just pull the trigger on that happens overnight. That is to do something like that and do it the right way. Uh, that takes, it does, it takes years and years and years of good planning work to do in concert with your financial advisor, with your CPA, with the estate planning attorney, with the business attorney, maybe there's a CFO in the business, like all of these parties need to be involved in that conversation if you want to do it and you want to do it well. Yeah. Well, not to belabor the point too much, but do the other two siblings understand in the scenario that you just gave that the sibling who took over the business wasn't really gifted the business, right? Maybe it was worth 10 million. It was a compressed to six for tax reasons, but they bought that six. So they really only inherited four, but do the other siblings understand that? Probably right. not. Right. Yeah. So it, it just, it gets very complicated, very fast. And you got to be able to think through all those scenarios and, and you've got to have an advisor who can, you know, a team of advisors who can guide you through that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So let's, let's switch gears for the last little bit and let's talk a little bit about what you've recently gone through. So, you know, for those who are listening and didn't hear our last episode and, and, and don't know that Landon became the the tree trimming and, and removal mogul of Nevada in the last month. Uh, you know, Landon, Landon bought a business that's been operating for what, 20, almost 30 years, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Just yeah. about, yeah, about 23, 24 years. Okay. So, you know, pretty well established, obviously run a certain way, family owned business and highly profitable, right? So, what else do you want our listeners to know about the transaction itself? And then we can kind of talk through what you've seen with, with the owners as you've gone through this process. Yeah. Uh, Mogul, uh, definitely, uh, definitely that's, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but I appreciate it. Um, so a couple of things I, I think are important to understand, you know, this is not something that just happened on a whim. You know, I've been looking for a business to buy for, well over two years. Um, um, and uh, so this was something that has been carefully kind of planned for. And uh, so that, that's important for people to understand. Uh, you know, you got to play the, you got to be really patient and play the long game when you're trying to buy a good small business because there's not a lot of them out there. Uh, luckily, we did find one of them. Um, and for us, just to give people a sense of the timeline, it took us essentially six months, you know, to from the day that we 
the day the business came across my desk to the day that we actually closed on the transaction, which was essentially June 1st. Uh, it was it was basically a six month process. Um, and that was uh, that was really interesting because even though you and I have um, walked alongside clients, you know, through those types of transactions, uh, going through it yourself, you know, uh, acquiring it, and then actually working so closely with the, you know, um, previous owners, uh, just to, to look at it and experience it through this, this lens has been super, super interesting. Um, but yeah, a little background on the business, 23 years in business here, um, in Las Vegas, um, like Austin said, family owned and operated, um, basically retirement was the, um, objective, you know, behind wanting to, to sell the business. And, um, it's not a huge, you know, it's not a huge business, but, um, you know, they, they've got a long track record of, you know, of sustainable, uh, growth and they do have, you know, pretty strong margins. And that's just because they've done a really good job of running the business pretty dang lean and, uh, just really focused on two things, which is, um, the experience of their customers, and then also just the um, uh, the efficiency of the actual business and the operations. So when when those two things have been coupled together, that just resulted in a really well run uh, business and customers that are um, extremely pleased with the work and the experience of working with our company, which is um, Nevada Tree Service. So um, they did a lot of things right. They built a really strong foundation and now we get to come in and just build upon, you know, the foundation that they, um, that they've been, you know, they put in place for the last, you know, two plus decades. Um, all right. So you asked kind of about, um, what has transpired kind of in the last call it month of taking over the operations of the business, um, and working really closely with the owners and just kind of seeing, seeing, uh, what has transpired from their standpoint. And that's been super eye-opening, you know, because although we preach that to clients, you know, um, and people, which is, you know, you've got to financially and mentally prepare yourself for, you know, an exit or a, a transition out of your business. Uh, actually sitting alongside somebody now, and I mean, literally sitting alongside them because we've worked really closely with the owners. We're meeting with them, the previous owners, we're meeting with them once or twice a week and we're sitting down in the same room together, the four of us, the two previous owners, husband and wife, and then myself and my operating partner, Luke. Um, so when I say sitting alongside, I, I mean literally sitting there with them and just, just visually watching them and experiencing them going through this life-changing you know, uh, transition. 
has been just, uh, it's been fun. It's been exciting. It's been emotional uh, watching um, them go through the emotions. There's been some highs and some lows and there's been, uh, there's been tears multiple different times from somebody that, but, you know, uh, is a self-proclaimed, you know, non, non-crier, you know, uh, so it's just been super duper interesting to, to look at it and experience it through this lens because, um, they are wonderful human beings. Um, I don't think that they thought about this mental preparedness side of things. So I think it's kind of, you know, I alluded to the, 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 I don't know if I said the Mack truck or the, you know, the train just smacking you right in the face. And I think they're going through that a little bit for sure, because uh, they are deeply ingrained in this business. And um, uh, trying to reconcile this emotion of being so deeply ingrained and all of a sudden uh, one day, you know, you're, you're not at the, at the helm, you're not making the decisions anymore. Uh, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot for people to handle emotionally. And now I am, I am seeing that firsthand and uh, they're definitely, they're struggling a little bit for sure. Understandably so, because they care deeply about their customers. They care deeply about their employees they care deeply about their family. And uh, when, when, when you care a lot about those things, uh, these types of events are not easy for people. And I am experiencing that right alongside them. So it's been, it's been humbling and it's been a wonderful learning experience because I get to take that back to the clients that, that you and I have the privilege of serving. And now I can use that as further uh, proof, as further experience, uh, talking points, whatever the case may be. But essentially, I just get to use that to, to provide additional value to the clients that we serve because, you know, it's not every day that, you know, your, your uh, advisor has done something like this. So they can't actually speak to that other side of it. And, and you and I can, you know, you've, you've bought and sold businesses, you know, before in the past as well. So, you know, I, I think that's what, that's what makes you and I pretty dang unique as, you know, um, advisors to business owners that just with our entrepreneurial experiences, it just, it just lends to better conversations. It lends to new conversations that nobody else is having with our business owner clients. And it just it leads to better relationships and better outcomes for, for the people that, uh, like I said, we have the privilege of serving. Yeah, I, I think, you know, a really good point that you made there that, uh, you know, may be lost on, on some people if you, didn't, if you didn't really pay attention. But, you know, earlier in this conversation, I said, you know, I, I talked about people profoundly regretting selling their businesses. And we talked about the importance of being mentally ready and doing certain things. And, and people can listen to that and go, yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And, and it can kind of go in one ear and out the other. 
right? But but the difference is now you can you can literally say. In June of 2023, I had the opportunity to sit down with a couple that had owned their business for 23, 24 years, and I bought that from them. And to sit there and watch and see the emotions on their faces as they transitioned that business to me and what it meant to them and what their customers meant and what their employees meant, and to see the struggle that they went through because they hadn't gone through this process to mentally prepare themselves for that exit. It's gonna be a profound, it's gonna have a profound impact on their on their life for the next several months. And I sure hope that they figure it out and things are you know okay for them. But I've I've firsthand seen what that does and the impact that, that has on their personal life and and potentially on their life as a couple. And I I just wish that they would have had advisors that helped them understand the importance of being mentally prepared for that exit. Mm-hmm. You see the difference, right? I mean, that, that's a completely different setup than studies show, right? It's different. Yep. I've yep. seen it, lived it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, this wasn't an insignificant, you know, um, exit for them, but, you know, this wasn't some, you know, this wasn't like an eight figure exit, you know, um, but, uh I, I think that, like you said, I mean, the, the, the monetary value is almost irrelevant. You know, if you're, if it's somebody that's selling their business for four or five, 600 grand or 30 or $50 million, the dollar amount almost becomes irrelevant because it's, it's not, it's not about that. It's not about that at all when it comes to this emotional side of it it's it literally has nothing to do with that it has everything to do with it's just been woven into your identity and most likely you have spent significantly more time in your business than you have with your spouse with your children with your grandchildren with your friends with your your fellow churchgoers, like, you know, um, I mean, there's just no, there's no comparison there. You know, if you're working, you know, 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week, um, you know, that's going to be, you know, five, six, seven times more hours than you're going to spend with your spouse or significant other or your family, you know, so it just becomes so deeply ingrained into, into somebody's identity that, it's just uh, it's a it's a really really difficult transition to make because you're just so used to being that person that uh, shutting that off is just uh, it's a lot harder it's a lot harder than people ever imagined and the reality is most people only do that one time in their life it's not like it's something that you know people go through multiple times and they get used to it it's no, most people only sell a business once in their life. Yep, yep, for sure. And, and I know you've had conversations with them that, you know, that it didn't give you details, but gave you the, the impression at least that from a financial standpoint, they're going to be fine. But the difference is being financially ready and mentally ready 
it's it's a it's a whole different animal and and both need to exist for it to be a perfect exit yeah yeah good point good point all right so we're we're out of time here uh, we've kind of covered a lot of ground but uh obviously for those who are are listening and have need of tree trimming services in in the state of nevada real specifically around the las vegas area how do they get a hold of you guys in the in nevada tree yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. NevadaTree.com. Uh, we're not, uh, we're not, um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll say we don't have a big, you know, social media presence. That wasn't exactly a focus of the uh, previous owners. So uh, we'll be changing that. We'll start recording some really cool videos of the, of the work that these guys do. Cause some of the stuff they do is freaking cool up in trees, you know, 20, 30, 50 feet above the ground and getting these trees looking uh, beautiful. And, you know, these guys are, these guys are artists and what they do. And so we'll start to record some videos and, you know, put those out and, you know, expose, uh, you know, the world a bit more to the the cool world of, of tree trimming and removal. But yeah, nevadatree.com is where you can find us. And, um, you know, we, we come out and do, you know, free, free bids, free estimates for people. And, uh, we really are focused on the experience. You know, like if you look at the Google reviews uh, for Nevada Tree Service, we've got like close to 500 now, 470, 480, 490, something like that. And uh, our next closest competitor in the area is, has like 100 or 150 less than we do. So um, we're super highly rated. Um, we've got all the <laughs> we've got all the proper insurance, which a lot of people cannot say, um, with integrity out here. So, um, yeah, we'd love an opportunity to, uh, come out and, and remove or make your trees look a lot prettier than they look right now. So thanks for letting me give that shout out. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you being vulnerable and talking about what that transaction has been like for you. I, I think, you know, as a teaser for our next, um, conversation or next podcast that we record together, I think it would be great to talk through, you know, what that transaction was like in terms of analyzing it, um, knowing that you weren't going to be the operator the way that the husband and wife have operated it for so long, right? So that obviously affects the profitability and still making that financial you know, analysis and, and making sure that it worked for you and the operator that you're bringing in. And then you know, you'll be able to have at that point another, you know, call it three months under your belt of that transition, how it's been working with the operator, how it's been working with the team, what changes you've made, what things you know you you guys are doing operationally, and and I think that those could be some great lessons to share with our listeners. So I appreciate your willingness to talk about this transaction. Yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate you as well, brother. All right, thanks for being here. All right, That's a wrap. listening to tycoons of small biz a podcast for small business owners by small business owners join us next week for an introduction to another great tycoon and be sure to follow us on our social media channels for links to all of our episodes and great content